Uh, yes, the Mighty Steppenwolf. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Today, we're going to talk about the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage law that's currently in effect, and the big push for $15 minimum wage. Uh, it's one of the progressive talking points. It's been kicked around for the past couple of election cycles. Because everyone is in agreement in the government that if we just paid people more, that would solve everybody's problems. And that's what uh, we want to discuss today, because that is not the case. little history on the minimum wage, because I think it's important to know where this came from. Like most laws, it was written a long time ago in conditions that aren't exactly what we're facing today. So you see this across the board with a lot of old laws. I think we'll do a one dedicated to the Jones Act at some some point. That's another good example of, you know, World War One law that is still on the books and still hurting people because the world has completely changed since the 1914s. Anywho, the minimum wage law was actually pioneered in Massachusetts on a state level. They were the first ones to legislate back in 2000, no, excuse me, 1912. And that was a result of the Lawrence textile strike. So back in the 1912s, in that era of time, there was tons of up and coming manufacturing jobs. It was, you know, pretty much the kickoff of the industrial revolution, right? So you have tons of companies, whether they're auto manufacturers, steel, textiles, chemical companies, they're all starting up around this time. So Massachusetts was the first one to do something because they were forced to because of worker strikes. And that's kind of how it went back then. Whether it was Australia had the first federal minimum wage law as a result of a strike, worker strike. So they were popping up all over the place. Massachusetts was the first of the states to do it in 1912. The federal government followed up in 1938, when Congress passed the Fair Labor Standards Act, which set a minimum hourly rate of 25 cents an hour. So they, they, they said that they put in a floor for an hourly employee for 25 cents. But in what, also one of the big issues of these strikes was the m- amount of hours worked, right? They were doing 54 to 56 hour work week back, work weeks back then. So it's kind of important to understand that this there was a need for this law because of the exploitation of the workers and the the imbalance in pay when it came to women and children because everyone was in the workforce back then. So that's really the origin of that was to control employers from not letting people work too much but also giving them a floor for a wage. All right, so that makes sense, right? There's plenty of non-skilled workers to exploit back then. The government felt it necessary to come in and put a floor on their earnings so everyone can, you know, get paid the same. So fast forward to 2009. The federal unemployment is 7.25 an hour, and that has not been changed federally since. 
And in addition to the minimum wage, we've passed a couple other laws since. We had the Equal Pay Act of 1963. We had the Age Discrimination and Employment Act of 1967. And then we had the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act of 2009. So additions to the minimum wage, right? So you can't discriminate against people's gender, their age. The government was really focused on trying to have some equality, right, in, in pay. And as we know, the equality of opportunity is what we should be shooting for, not the equality of outcome, all right? And this is where... I always differ from what the governments think because you want everyone to have an equal opportunity to to earn a living, to you know fill in the blank. That's the equality we should all be striving for: the equality of an opportunity to do said thing, whatever you want to do. That should be the goal, and that's been changed recently, and it's now a quality of outcome right the gender pay gap and there's discrepancies here and th- this this minority doesn't make as this as much as this minority and the equality of outcome will never happen and can never happen so when that is the goal you need to be I be able to identify that and know right off the bat that that's not going to happen and it's dangerous to try to get there because you end up as we'll cover here you end up hurting the people that you're trying to help. As, as with all government programs, the unintended consequences are usually worse for the people they're trying to help than if they just stayed out of it. So they're trying to help people by paying them more. So the unskilled laborers, the people that don't make a lot of money per hour, hey, if we just paid them 15 bucks an hour, rising tide lifts all boats, all of a sudden they have more money to spend, and... Everyone's good, right? You would think so in theory, but if you just understand the root of the problem and understand how things work, that's not a goal we should be striving for. The goal at all times should be equality of opportunity. That's what this country was founded on. Everyone has the opportunity to earn a living, be happy, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. So the, the, my three big issues with the $15 minimum wage is, number one, and this is the biggest one, it raises the barrier of entry into the workforce, okay? You only get paid what, what your value, what you can bring to a company, okay? If you can bring $5 an hour of value to a company, well, that's your worth. They cannot pay you more than that. All right, and if they try to pay you less, you could go to another company and say, hey, hey, I have these skills and these abilities. I want this. I want five dollars an hour, and they would say, yeah, that's worth it. And then you, you would get that job. So you really have to look at it in terms of you're only paid what you're worth. Okay, so if you want to raise the minimum wage. Suddenly, the guy that's worth $10 an hour is not, no one is going to pay him $15 an hour. Okay? So, this needs to be understood because you're, you're claiming you're trying to help the unskilled people make more money. But we'll, what will we'll help them is being honest with them 
and saying, hey, you want to get paid more, work harder, learn a new skill, and then use your leverage to move up the ladder. And I get in 1912 that wasn't feasible, but we're not there. We're in 2022. And I don't know if you've looked around, but every place that you probably go to in person is hiring. No one wants to work. There are so many available jobs right now. Okay, so now the workers have the leverage to really get paid what they're worth. That doesn't mean you can show up somewhere, make a lot of money without having any skill. But it does have an opportunity for you to start somewhere. And more people would have an opportunity if there was no minimum wage. Right, so what I say that, what I mean is, if you're an unskilled kid that's old enough to get rid into the workforce, you don't have any skills. You're a high schooler, whatever you want, an afternoon job. You're very limited on what kind of value you can bring to a company. So the higher these minimum wages go, the less likely you are to ever get an entry-level job. So do you kind of see how that ends up hurting the people it's supposed to help. What you should be telling the kids is, hey, get that job, work hard, learn skills. Learn skills that are in demand. Right? The other problem is we're in a service-based economy. We don't produce very much of anything in this country. So what are the available jobs? Retail, restaurant, service sector, hospitality, Amazon delivery driver, you know, those, those manufacturing skilled jobs don't exist in this country anymore. So the trade schools, that's where it's at. Every trade does not have enough people. And that's why you can make such a good living in the trades because there's not enough people to fill those jobs. So those places can charge more, they can pay you more, and it's all good. You'll never blink at a big bill from a qualified electrician that came in to fix your problem, who's reliable, that shows up all the time. You're fine with that. Think how happy you are when someone calls you back from a business, let alone actually does a good job. So, you know, the, the job market has changed a lot obviously in the past 90 years, but we're still looking at it through the old lens. So my number one problem circling back, it raises the barrier of entry to somebody that's trying to get in the workforce. And if that person can't start in the workforce at a young age, getting paid what he's, what he or she is actually worth. And then building on that, he'll, he or she will never get into the workforce, right? If you miss the boat when you're a kid, or you're unskilled and you can't get onto that ladder, that first rung of the ladder to climb up, be successful, earn more money, learn new skills, be more valuable to the company, then you, get, you don't even get to play the game. And at that point, the welfare programs are a better bet for you because you're going to be just as comfortable. And, and there's no alternative anyway because you can't get on that first rung of the ladder because the more they raise the rate, rates up, the higher that is up. And you can't get in it. You can't get started. 
You know, it's the messaging too. The messaging should be get a job, learn a skill, be irreplaceable. You know, when I go to talk at the vocational schools to kids to try to get them in the trades, I, this, I say the same thing. I say, guys, you can have a career. A career, not a job. You can have a career. You can make a good living, provide for your family, have a great career if you can smile, talk to people, and that's it. You don't even have to be really great at your job because that will come with time. But to be employed forever, if you show up with a good attitude and you work hard and you learn, you're set. It's that easy. It wasn't that easy back then. It's that easy now. And that's why we need to look at this differently. Uh, second issue with the minimum wage is it, it raises the prices on consumers. So, you know, we're trying to help the small segment of the, the population, the unskilled worker population, by giving them more money. But if we did that, that would affect everybody with higher prices. Because you can't simply pay somebody more than they're worth in your current business model. I can't give everyone a $10 raise without adding to, the, to, the, to, to my fuel prices. Right, because just giving them more money didn't give me any more productivity. We didn't deliver any more fuel. I didn't make any more money. And it's like that with every business. You can't just pay people more without there being the other consequences. So problem two is it raises prices on everything. So now you're, hurt, now you're hurting more people than you're trying to help. Right, the federal government shouldn't be doing anything unless it help, helps everybody. It's in the Constitution. Of course, we don't do that anymore, but, you know, let's not at least lose sight of that fact. And the third reason, employers won't hire people. You know, this minimum wage keeps getting higher and higher. They're not going to hire anybody. They'll invest in automation and technology. You know, it'll drive employers to use labor unions instead. You know, labor unions are expensive, but... If I got to pay this unskilled guy $15 an hour, or I could hire the skilled guys at 25 now the 50, now it's not even an option. Why the hell would you pay somebody who, who doesn't even know what they're doing that much money? So as the minimum wage gets higher and it gets closer to that union rate, then just go with that. Hire the guys that already have the, have the skill, have the talent. They can come in and do it. They have the resources. So now it's not even helping the people that aren't unionized or they're not skilled. Again, it, it, it just, it's not doing what they say it's going to do. Quick, quick example. You stop paying the kid washing dishes in the restaurant 15 bucks an hour. There's a ripple effect to that. Because right? now the price of the omelet you're buying, that went up. And now you have to inflate all the other salaries in that business. Because if the dishwasher's making 15, now he's probably too close to the busboy, so you got to bump him up in pace. So now he's up at 17. And then, well, shit, if the busboy's making 17, the hostess should make 18. If the, if the hostess is making 18, then the, the prep guy should make 20. And if the prep guy's making 20, then the friggin' line cook should make 25. And if the line cook is making 25, then the sous chef should make... Th see how it just, it just goes the wrong way. 
Okay, it creates inflation and higher prices within the company. And then that gets passed on to the consumer. So again, just like in the inflation podcast, you can't can't solve any problem by just giving people more money. It do, it doesn't work. Okay? That money needs to be earned and you need to produce something for your output. You can't just get paid to do nothing. Cuz if if that was the case, then why aren't we all sitting at home just getting a paycheck? If it was that easy. Cuz it's not. Cuz people actually need to go out there, produce goods and services for an economy. So I I, re- I really just I feel like we're missing the boat on that, and the messaging is wrong. Again, it's doing what sounds good instead of what has worked. What has always worked is the free market of employment, people getting paid for what they're worth, especially in today's time where I can't hire people. Nobody can. There's no pool. People are quitting their jobs at record rates, and the solution isn't to try to give people more money to entice them back into the workforce. Probably the better question is, why are they leaving the workforce? Why are they giving up? You know, why don't we devote some resources to that? Probably not a government-funded st- survey. The, the problem isn't pay the people more so they can have a better quality of life. It's why can't they have a quality of life at their current rate? Because if that's what they're worth, that's what they should get. But why, the better question is, why does their $10 an hour, $8 an hour, whatever under the $15 Rate, would it, why, why can't they have a life with that? That's the question. It's not what they're getting paid. It's all the other shit. You know, the, the cost of living has gotten too high to live the life you think you're entitled to. You know, I think that's kind of what it boils down to. So everyone's saying, well, let's just pay them more so they can have the life they're supposed to have. It's like, no, you're not entitled to shit. You're entitled to the opportunity to earn a living. And we've gotten away from the right messaging of saying, hey, save your money and spend it when you have it. You don't borrow to consume, but that's not what's going to happen. We're in a service-based economy. The only way this economy works is if we spend money. So that's why every product out there is to get you to borrow more money, spend more money, keep it going, keep it going. And no one's sitting there going, save your money. And then if they did, you know, if they were like, all right, Nick, save my money. How the hell am I going to save my money? There's negative real interest rates. You know, 6.8% inflation. I'm getting less than 1% at my bank and my savings account. I said, well, absolutely. Well, there's your problem. That's what we should be focusing on. We should be focusing on why aren't we creating an environment that entices people to save rather than spend. That's where we need to get to. But we won't get there because the government needs us to spend the money. Oh, and by the way, if they pay us more, they can tax us more. You know, so when they say a $15 minimum wage by 2025 would generate $107 billion in higher wages for workers and would also benefit communities across the country because underpaid workers spend much of their extra earnings, this injection of wages will help stimulate the economy and spur greater business activity and job growth. The only true part of that is it will generate $107 billion of higher taxable wages. That's accurate. And yeah, if they have more money they'll spend more money no shit but that's not what we need we need people to realize that we should be pressuring our politicians for policy that entices people to save we need an environment where you would rather save money than spend it politically you can't tell people bad news you can't advocate for suffering to to actually fix the problem 
So also keep that in mind. Every time there's a political solution, it's not the right one, it's the easy one. It what's it's what sounds good. It's what's trying to get you to vote for them to pass this thing that looks like on the surface it will help people, but it won't help anybody. They have their own agenda. And that's to keep kicking the can down the road and playing this game that they've been playing for so long at our expense. So if you want people to earn more money, start advocating for your government to stop destroying the purchasing power of our money, the savings with these stupid 0% interest rates. You know, the other part of this is to understand where you should be directing your energy. You know, it's not at businesses to raise their minimum wage. It should be at the politicians that have these policies that hurt Americans. It hurts the barrier of entry. It hurts people's opportunity to join the workforce and be a productive member of society. Please keep that in mind as the midterms roll around and then the 2024 election rolls around. You're going to be hearing all this bullshit about the minimum wage and this and that. And if you really want to make this world, this country, a better place for everybody, then we should all be focusing on the equality of the opportunity and telling people the truth so they're able to do the right thing with their money, not convincing them that they should spend it, that they should borrow the money because you shouldn't need to wait. You shouldn't need to wait for your product. Borrow money. Take out a home equity loan. How else can we, how, how else can we sucker you into buying more shit? So... It's one of those issues where on the surface it sounds and looks real good. And it's easy to get behind. And hey, shit, man, for all the people that love the virtue signal, and what's better than that? I support a $15 minimum wage because I give a shit about people making less than me. It's so easy, but it's 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 not genuine. And it's not even well thought out. So my phone's dinging. I gotta get back to work. It's 12 degrees out right now and work's extremely busy. But I wanted to get a little bit more of the stuff that's in my head out. Hope everyone has a great day. Everyone stay warm and we'll talk again soon.